Welcome. I'm Father Mitch Paquin, and welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world. Tonight, we'll talk about reaching out to those people that are shut out from society and how we can help to restore their God-given understanding of beauty and dignity as human beings. Before we do that, we want to talk briefly with Jim Pinto about EWTN Media Missionaries. Jim, what's going on with the media missionaries? Well, the last time I was with you, we had 14,900-something media missionaries. We mm -hmm. had the show. Yep. We're now over 15,000. Good. And that's that was my, one of our goals. Amen. That's my hope for tonight, that many people who love EWTN, who love the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. who love the church, who've returned to the church, mm -hmm. whose lives have been changed, would say that I not only want to consume EWTN, it means such a great deal to me, I want to share it. Yep. I want to keep EWTN in sight. And that's what we do. We train people how to keep EWTN in sight, printed material, our, our schedules uh, that we give them quarterly. They put them in the parish. They hand them out personally. They can share them at various groups so that they can share what they love about EWTN. Um, and one of the things that I think is important, and you're well aware, is that this is a way to evangelize. A lot of folks who can, you might be shy to talk about the gospel and explain and answer, but if you introduce them here, right. we, we, that's what we do. That's really well Talk said. about Christ. One of our best people, I think, who shares says, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about doing the work of evangelization, but I just tell them, here's EW10, here's one of my favorite shows. You can uh, watch Father Mitch, EW10 Live. Um, and so there's help. We do this in community with one another. But we're looking for intercessors. We're looking for people who want to pray for the network. And Mother Angelica solicited that, that people would pray for the network, the various shows that we have, that, that our, our hosts would be bold, uh, even if they're persecuted, that they would preach mercy, do justice, and walk humbly with God. So we need people to join us, to join in this cause. We have a webinar tomorrow evening mm -hmm. at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we get together quarterly for these webinars. It's just a half hour. Father Leonard's going to be with us, the new community servant. He's going to share for about five minutes. And then we share about how you keep EWTN in sight. We take questions. People say how they're doing this, how we're doing that. And all together, we will build a new culture of life and marriage and the family, just like you were saying. Yeah. And people will know their identity, our deepest identity. We have to know our identity. And it's just like Mother Angelica always said, yeah. we're here to talk about Jesus. Yes. You can contact EWTNmissionaries.com, EWTNmissionaries.com, or you can call. There are people waiting. They're not even eating their dinner. They're hungry waiting for souls. For you. They're waiting for you to so call them. So you can call 205 795 to evangelize this world at this time, this day. Absolutely. It's not about maintaining institutions. It's about preaching Jesus. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you, much. We'll be back in a couple minutes with tonight's guest, so please stay with us.
Welcome back. We have a guest tonight who has performed his own original music compositions in some of the finest concert venues around the world to thousands of appreciative fans, as well as fellow performers and entertainers. Six years ago, he began an effort to bring beautiful music and uplifting testimonies to people who live forgotten lives in often really dangerous and lonely places. Let's take a look at this clip, if you would. I've been in more prisons, I think, than anybody in the history of mankind. They say I look scary. I've been called scum. Worthless. Trash. I feel invisible. I don't remember what it's like to feel human. I feel broken. Feel forgotten. 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 We all say, oh yeah, they've made their choices, have they? When my son was taking cello lessons, these kids were fighting for their life on their street. Their father may have been out of the picture in prison or whatever, and their mother may have had addiction. So many of these kids have nobody through no faults of their own. This is Eric Jenis. He has performed over 1,000 prison concerts to bring hope to inmates all over the world. Currently, you can't go to Carnegie Hall. We brought Carnegie Hall here for you today. environment to have some positive is, is hard to come by sometimes. I've never met a person that's not worthy of me going through great lengths to get a performance for. They're all worthy of it. There's people, there's actual love and good people in the world, so it's hard to take this anger back or even bring it into here, so everything that this is, it's, it's, it's truly life-changing. It's, it's truly life-changing. I really appreciate, you know, Everybody being willing to come out and show us that there's still hope that somebody out in the outside in the free world still care about us. Eric, I want to be a great man. When you were here, you treated me, a convicted felon, as if I were one of your own. You have no idea what that did for me. That gave me hope. Here to tell us more about his music, his mission, work in the prisons, his concerts for hope, please welcome Eric Generous. Eric, welcome. It is a good to, have to be you. here. Thank good you, to Father. Have you. you know, actually, you and I have known each other. I've, uh, you know, heard you play a number of times, yeah. especially at the uh, Fullness of Truth yeah. uh, conferences in the past. You've done wonderful work there. Thank you. And, um, since then, you started doing this work in prison. And it's, you know, because we've known each other over these years and I've kept up with some of it, it's, it's been a lot of work. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. how, let me ask you this too. Yes. How much do they pay you to go into the prisons? Um, well, an inmate gave me five dollars once. <laughs> <laughs> Out of a thousand times. A thousand prison shows, yeah. No. <laughs> and that's one of my points. This yeah. is not something that Zero. the prison system pays no, you for. Never. I've never been paid by a prison whatsoever. How about the state? Yeah, no, no. never. And you know, Not the county? Zero. Okay. Yeah. So the, this is not something that is the way you make a living, but this is something that you do to help people right. live. Yes. And not just prisons, Father. I go into a lot of you know, rehab centers and a lot of inner city schools. It's just the, the, the idea, Father, I've become so comfortable as a society, we become so comfortable forgetting about a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And to my shame, uh, you know, I used to use prisons as a landmark. Oh yeah, you go to the prison and you turn right, you know, without giving one thought to the people that were in there. Mm -hmm. And that's shameful. And so I have the ability to write music and I'm very grateful to God for that gift. And I have the ability to go into the toughest areas in the world and to, and to move these people. So. Mm -hmm. My 1,000th show in a prison was on death row in Texas, and it was a very, very moving concert. That was in Huntsville, Texas? Yes, it yeah. was, yeah, it's, it's called Polunsky Unit. It's just north of Huntsville, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was just, just a little while ago, and there was about 39 guys at the show, and they were all in their cells. One guy was scheduled to be executed the day before, and, and so after the concert, I went from cell to cell and just had a personal encounter with every man. And mm -hmm. it's really chilling because they had three sections in there. So Father, if you can picture it, I put speakers so everybody could hear, but I'm running around like a madman talking in between songs to sort of tell them what I do and tell them about the song and give them a reflection. And then we sat down and we played and I always take in a world-class violinist. I had an unbelievable violinist, unbelievable cellist and vocalist. And these men have never heard this. Mm -hmm. and, and so, so you're not playing Tin Pan Alley kind of no, music. No, <laughs> no, no, that's not your style. Maybe a little, a little more complex than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you you play music that would be considered the the classic type of music, and not not old class. You right. you're doing your own compositions. Yes. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure some of the others as well. But these, uh, and you primarily play on the keyboards. Yes. Um, I only perform music that I compose now, Father. For the last 30 years, I have only written, practiced, rehearsed my own works mm -hmm. because of time. You know, it mm -hmm. just takes so long. There's a lot of notes per piece. And so, um, so I go in, and it's very class. It's not classical music at all, but it's very classically influenced. Mm -hmm. So, for example, a lot of it would sort of resemble the sort of passion of a Rachmaninoff piece, you know. Mm -hmm. But and these guys have never heard this. A lot of them are very familiar with many different like rap and all the culture. And as a matter of fact, Father, one of my most moving stories about that, I was playing in a youth prison, and the warden said, "You know what? You're, you're wasting your time here." These kids don't know anything about the violin or cello. And it was really funny because one kid went up to the warden right in front of me and said, what did I do so bad that you're going to make me sit through a violin concert for an hour? And I thought, I don't blame you. I don't want to sit through a violin concert either. But wait till you hear my violinist. And these kids were all tried and convicted as adults. So they were all 15 and they were all going away for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. The front, in the front row, there was the gang member, the, the, the leader of the whole room, sort of the gang leader. And Father, at the end of the show, this boy stood up and he started crying. And he was asking questions throughout the whole show. How does that violin play so fast? And he starts to cry and he puts his hand over his heart, throws his head back and he said, 
that violin is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Why have I never heard it before? Yeah. Now, this is a boy that knows everything about rap and all that culture and everything about hip-hop and all the culture, heavy metal, screamo metal, punk rock, all that, and he knows nothing about music that uplifts his humanity. And so, Father, it just, I really believe, you know, this is the kind of thing that would be great for our youth. Immerse them in beauty, and it, it affects how they see themselves and culture. And, you know, I was so blessed in high school. We were given... Re required, yeah. there wasn't an op option in my high school. Um, Catholic schools didn't give many options. He had four years of music right. appreciation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's gone. It's gone. We have, and in grammar school, they yep. started teaching us how to read notes and to sing music together. Um, you know, it was simple songs in first and second grade, but you, you learned music sure. notation and mm -hmm. all that. But that's all gone. Yeah. I'd like to take a look at another clip sure. about the, uh, the violinist that you bring and what this means to us. So let's take a look at that. You know, I was once performing in a prison and this one guy who was in a gang his whole life said, you know, I've been in here almost my whole life. And he said, this concert almost made it worth it. Because these prisons are void of any beauty. People are starving for beauty, but they have no experience of beauty whatsoever. I said, I just want to thank you for gracing us with your presence. Oh, thank you, my friend. Um, this is really, it was really uplifting for me. Um, you spoke about beauty and um, the uplifting of the humanity condition, and that starts with love. Yeah. You know, and that's what I felt with your music, yeah. love. Awesome. So thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. Guys, it's an absolute delight to perform for you. My name is Eric Jenis. I'm a composer, so all the music that you're going to hear today is music that I have composed. Today we had a concert that featured Eric Jenis and his ensemble. The concert was amazing, it was heartfelt, it was warm. I think the response from the guys was phenomenal. The offenders, they don't, a lot of times they don't get a lot of stuff like this in here. Because currently, you can't go to Carnegie Hall. We brought Carnegie Hall here for you today. It made them kind of rethink some things. You could really see the guys getting into it. You could see, you know, the emotion in their faces. Hey, thanks, buddy. See you again. Thanks for coming out. Thank Stick you, with sir. You're awesome, aren't you? Yeah, Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, sir. Thank you, my friend. My favorite thing about the concert was just the interaction between the offenders and Eric. Um, just, you know, seeing them be be in tune with him and want to ask the questions and, and ask the different things like, you know, how come the music moves me without the words? Yes, sir. I just want to thank you all for coming out and sharing this word. It definitely oh. gave me a new perspective on music. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. It's an honor. The guys in the prison this morning responded to Eric's music in um, a really moving way, and there were uh, visible emotions. It might sound a little cliche to say this, but this is truly one of the most powerful performance experiences I've ever had personally, and I'm really honored to be a part of it. See, that's one of the other things, too. 
is that it's not only something that, you know, because again, friends a long time, yes. it's not just something that affects the inmates. The offenders, you know, are giving back. There are forms of relationship mm -hmm. with them that they're not, in prison, they are numbers mm -hmm. more than names. Mm -hmm. And this is humanizing them mm -hmm. At a profound level. Yes, that's a great point. A great point and a great observation. Some of the comments that would sort of prove that, I get comments like, "Oh yeah, I was sentenced. You know, the day I was sentenced, I died. I feel like I've been buried alive. Mm -hmm. My whole reason for, I mean, comments over and over. Father, I receive thousands of letters. I promise them and their families music, so I send their family CDs and I respond to everybody. I get thousands of letters from prisons every year, and I even, you know, from this death row concert." And this is the kind of language they use. I don't feel human. Um, I, you know, my, I, have, I am purposeless, you know, over and over. In other words, everything in me that has any dignity is gone. Now, that's not true. It's a lie. But that's the, that's the poison that they drink regularly. And so they sort of make it a point to emotionally just check out in order to survive in there. It doesn't have to be that way, but they feel it has to be that way. So, yeah, like one of the things I mentioned in there, Prisons are ugly. They live in the midst of ugliness all the time. So there's very little there to inspire or to remind them of their profound human dignity. And, you know, both of us have been in prisons and sometimes people try to dismiss imprisonment as being uh, a country club prison and, you know, they get to work out, they get their meals and it's not a bad life. That's not really the way it is. There might be some, you know, you know there, there might be some prisons that they call country club prisons for very wealthy people mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. That's not yeah. the experience. I'm with you, Father. I haven't seen one yet. I've no. been all over the world in many different, different prisons, you know, and I have not seen a country club yet. You know, in fact, no. I would say that the guy who, who sort of the architect who creates the ugliest structure gets the job. <laughs> and, you know, and there are a lot of issues going on now with, uh, in regard to prison um, because of, you know, the way inmates are being let out early yeah. and then doing crime again. Yeah. Um, they generally are not places where people go and find spiritual enlightenment. Right. You know, in some places, again, I've had people here who work with Colby Prison Ministry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they really do change lives. Yeah. And people who go in there to bring the gospel of Jesus do that. But you're touching another level that I, if I would think of prisoners, I would think of them being like the pathway mm -hmm where the seed fell and it was easy for the devil just to come and take it away. Mm -hmm. Remember the different yes. kinds of soil. Of and it's the reason that I think of them as the pathway is that they have been stepped on mm -hmm. their whole lives right. yeah. and they become hardened. Yeah. Music is what, like a plow mm -hmm. going into such a hardened soil to start breaking it up so that eventually the seed can mm -hmm. get in. That's a, that's a great, great observation. Father, I'm going to share with you a story that shows that. 
I was playing in a prison in, in, um, in Orlando, in, outside Orlando. And it's fascinating because when you look at the history, like we all have our judgments, oh, throw away the key, or they've all done horrible yeah, yeah. things. Yes, they've done, hor they've done tough things. I'm not going to deny that. You know, yeah. I get letters from people who have done the most horrendous things. Yes. And so, and so the, but the, there's, there's so many layers to that. So first of all, though, if you look at their backgrounds, Father, a lot of them are unrecognizably human. You know, when you look at where they come from and the abuse from such a young age, Father, I play in these, in these homes yep. um, for, for, you know, group homes for kids. Father, the thought of being raised by a mother or a mother and a father is so foreign to them because all they know are these group home situations. So I look at this and I think they were not raised with love. I just played for a boy in Northern California in a youth prison who just left the gangs. The mother dropped him off at a hospital at 11 years old and she never picked him up. So the boy committed a crime and now he's in prison. So seven years later, he's never been hugged, never been told I love you, no happy birthday, no Merry Christmas, no mentorship. Nobody said, when you get out, I'm gonna walk down the road with you. I'm gonna make sure you know a trade. There's been nothing. And so a lot of these people, the concept of being loved or being protected or, or just sort of, you know, just sharing life experiences is foreign. Nobody cares. You're just, like you co commented on earlier, you're just a number. But when I was at this one concert in Florida, it really struck me because this one man, after the show, I always take questions, Father. And this one man, you know, very, you know, I mean, gang his whole life, but he, he stood up and he said, I've never cried my whole life, never. He said, I couldn't stop crying during the show. What is it? Then all of a sudden, a psychologist comes running from the side and said, sort of grabs my mic and said, you know, I've been trying to get him to speak for three years. How do you get him to speak after an hour and a half? I play better piano well, than you. Well, that's what I told him. I said, what do you do? He said, I counsel him. I said, you must not be very good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but what happened, you know, Father, was, uh, was there was something about music and about beauty that stirs the soul in ways words can't touch. Like it just goes in and, and bypasses the brain, bypasses all dissection, bypasses all thought, and it goes right and hits us right to who we are, right to that part of us that animates us, bypasses all the, the coolness, the toughness, all the, the cement walls we put up, and moves us and uplifts our humanity. So I get all kinds of letters about people saying, you know, I felt human again. Thank you for making me feel human. I've never heard this kind of music. It made me feel like I've never felt before. There is nothing special about me. But there is something about when beauty connects with the soul that elevates how we see ourselves and others. So, Father, um, you know, when you're taught, when you know, you know, you mentioned a lot of these guys are hardened. They are hardened because of their past. And, you know, maybe talking and talk therapy can help but I do know that music can soften the field yep. in order for them to internalize other things. Yeah. You know, it's uh, something about the, the background that I learned some years ago, and I've been talking about it on my programs because this is a, a serious situation throughout our culture that 80 to 85% of inmates are the children of unmarried parents. Mm. That indicates their parents did not make a commitment to each mm. other. They did not make a commitment to their children. Mm -hmm. And the danger of that and the poverty 
that flows from it. Poverty for women and the poverty for the children is even worse. Mm -hmm. And this is a statistic that cuts across all the racial lines. Mm -hmm. It's 85% of the white guys, of the black guys, the Hispanic guys. It doesn't matter. It's the absence of family. And when we live in a society where now, since 2015, 52% of all children are born to unmarried parents. Uh, yeah. We are setting ourselves up for you know, a, a breakdown that's radically serious and all of us have to contribute to showing love to those who didn't get that most basic commitment from the man and the woman that brought them into the world. Yeah. This is crucial, mm -hmm. crucial. Yeah. Now, we've talked a lot about the guys, you see mm -hmm. a lot of guys, but you also perform, of course, at the women's yes. uh, uh, pr prisons. Yeah. We've got a clip that we'd like to have you uh, to play here about you talking about two, the women regarding beauty and dignity. So let's take a look. Great. When your back's against the wall All I want to do is really communicate that I think music Victory, there seems no but all Is so incredibly powerful I'll be your wings that soar so high There's brokenness in all of us The side of hell but we just keep going and we be an inspiration and bring beauty and hope to each other. Tell your strong, here I am. I'm your fireworks Never, ever question your dignity. Here I am, I'm your guide. The gift to humanity, there is this sublime, mystical, precious, unspeakable dignity that we all share, that we don't earn and you can't lose. It doesn't matter what you've done. You have a human dignity that is priceless. Sometimes we have to fight and sort of do our best to overcome certain things in us to live higher. And we know what those things are. Always be positive and always conquer them even, you know, even if there's setbacks. There is merit in the fight. Ladies, keep fighting. Your dignity is unspeakable. Thank you so much. All right. Um, that, that, again, this is something that speaks across these racial lines, across yeah. gender lines. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that goes to the core of human dignity, yeah. to love beauty. And Augustine and many others before him and since have talked about how we're created for love, for truth, and for beauty. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you're bringing them that can touch them in a way that words can. You know, Father, there's, there's so much to say. First of all, I just wanted to comment about what you said a little earlier about the, the parents, about kids 
the, the, their likelihood mm -hmm. of being imprisoned when they're not born of, you know who quotes those statistics a lot? Them. Yeah. It is amazing. When you go in there, they know. Exactly. They know, and they, and they feel, yeah. feel brokenhearted about it. You talk about the cold-hearted prisoners. A lot of these cold-hearted prisoners are very remorseful. They miss their families. They, they speak of the pain that they caused their families. They speak of the pain they caused. Their... I had a 91-year-old man take my hand and say, I live with the pain that I caused that family when I, when I was 19 years old. Yeah. You know, they live with profound remorse and they know very well what they've done to their own families, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's so you're, you're, you know, spot on with that. Yeah. Um, with regards to the, um, you know, Father, you, 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 you know, you commented about earlier about your own upbringing about music. Father, Confucius once said, if you want to know the morality, I'm paraphrasing, but if you want to know the morality of a nation, let me hear the music, period. And I'm thinking, we knew, we've known for thousands of years the impact. Plato said, if you want to govern a nation, you don't need the laws, you need the music. And I think either he overspoke or there's something about the impact of music on civilization. And yet, what are we giving our young now? I mean, if we've really taken what these great philosophers, and Augustine has spoken of it, Aquinas has spoken of it, St. Ambrose has spoken, if we've really taken them to heart and really understand the impact of beauty, then we would be immersing our young in beauty. So when you talk about the, 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 you know, the lessons that you had as a child, one of the things, how much are we spending on incarcerating all these people? And my thought is, if and they were in, in grade school and you, may, you had a very robust and a very effective music program where they're creating beauty and they're participating in the creation of beauty mm -hmm. regularly, daily, I think we would be spending a lot less money on incarceration because they would know who they are. They would see the beauty of humanity. I cannot tell you how many times I get in prison. Why have I never heard anything like this before? Father, for someone to grow up in America, go to school in America and be an adult and have never heard the violin played beautifully, that's a poverty. It's not a financial poverty, but it certainly is a spiritual and, and sort of a psychological and an emotional poverty. In just as a little clue to this, so much of the music we have in the culture expresses a, a resentment and anger. There's a deep anger in much of the music. It's what people feel. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, it encourages the anger rather than goes to the soul and evokes greatness. Yeah. And that's one of the things we have to deal with. We also have to deal with taking a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. We want to get some of your comments and questions as well as our studio audience, so please stay with us. Right, so first of all, I just want to let you know um, that you can find out a lot more about what Eric is doing if you go to Eric 
genuis, so it's G-E-N-U-I-S, so Eric, G-E-N-U-I-S dot com slash Concerts for Hope. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Eric Genuis Music. So again, it's G-E-N-U-I-S, Eric Genuis Music. And you can find out more about the actual CDs and everything else that you do and uh, get some of that music for your own listening pleasure. We have a call. Let's yes. Take, you ready? You bet. You scared? Uh, always scared. All right. <laughs> I ain't scared. So let's start off with Sandy. Sandy, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Missouri. Great. So what is uh, your question or comment? I just want to say what a beautiful, beautiful thing he's doing. And um, we should all be more like Eric. He is a saint in the making. What a beautiful, beautiful moving thing. And I'm sorry. So it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you for doing it. That's so kind. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. Father, here's the reality. I I do. I, I appreciate that. Father, God gave me a gift. And he wants us to use our gift to, to go out and to be generous with others. Mm-hmm. And Father, I, I, you know, I, I do my, you know, with regard, my faith is, means a great deal to me. I go to, I go to Mass daily because I need God. Yeah. I need God. You know, um, I, I need the Eucharist. I need our Lord. I need prayer. And I've come to recognize that there are so many broken in our culture and that I can actually do something. A lot of people are not in a position to do something. So we all help in the ways that we're given, right? So we all say, oh, isn't culture terrible? Why doesn't somebody do something? Well, there is no somebody. That's all up to us. It's just broken people like me just going out and doing our best to try to make the world a better place. So this is the the little contribution that I can make because God gave me this gift. He gave me a vision for it. And I'm just trying to be generous with our Lord and to, to what he's given me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I really appreciate such a generous and beautiful comment, but please pray for my work. You know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, too, to keep in mind that to learn to play the way you do started off when you were pretty young yes. playing scales. Yes. Having your fingers yeah. go up and down. Yeah each scale yeah. until you understood it, till your fingers memorized it. Yeah. And then learning music theory and yeah. all, it's a combination of a talent that God gave you yeah. and this sometimes really boring yeah. work. Yeah. Learning the scales is never fun. No. Especially for a little kid. Yeah. But you learn it it becomes part of you, yeah. and that combination of talent and your effort and your open heart to give a gift. Every one of us has some kind of gift that the Holy Spirit has given us, each of which we have to develop, yeah. playing the scales, whether it's learning to bake or whatever it is we do. Yeah. And then we have to say, okay, Lord, you gave me this gift. I developed it. Now here's what I want to do with yeah. it. 
Father, that, such a great, you make such a great point. When I go into schools, whether it's, you know, an inner city school or whether I'm playing in a school where they're spending $80,000 a year on tuition, one of the things that is a great gift to us is a gift of free time because we don't have it long. So I hammer these kids. I think, you know, I look at my musicians. The girl that played on my violin when I went mm -hmm. and played in death row is 19 and phenomenal. But she didn't become phenomenal overnight. It's what she did when she was a kid. So I'm hammering these kids. What are you doing with your gift of free time that you have now? That's going to end when you're 18 or 19. And then you're going to be one of those people that say, how I wish I never quit. How I wish I stuck with it. When you look at a lot of our youth, they are spending a great deal of time with their video games. And this is just, I mean, you want to unwind playing a video game? Play 30 minutes. Any more than 30 minutes, you are wasting your opportunities to enhance your life. So, Father, I go into the prisons and play. God willing, I bless them. I'm blessed. I'm five times as blessed. That's a gift God gave me. How, how fortunate am I to go in with phenomenal soloists to go in and play for people to be moved? Father, I'm the one that's blessed. Yeah. So I look at that as a gift from God thinking, don't waste that gift that God gave you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Take advantage of it and utilize it, whether it's reading, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, poetry, no matter what it is. And it doesn't matter if you become a performer. It doesn't matter whether you use it like that. He gave you that gift, develop that gift. I think that is such, and it also enhances you to know that you've done that rather than waste time and opportunity, you know? There's a great reflection I recently saw from Bishop Sheen. I was listening to it on yeah. the back. We had a man talking about Bishop Sheen at these little pod things, what do you call those, thumb drives, I filled am. with Bishop Sheen. And he said, no, what about receiving glory? And there's two senses. There's the sense of being magnificent. There's also the sense of receiving mm -hmm. praise. And praise from our fellow human beings is fine. But the real glory we need to hear is when God says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. That's the glory yeah. that's eternal. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Sir, where are you from? Charlotte, North Carolina. Good to have you here. Welcome. And what is your question or comment? Well, Father, you mentioned earlier that a lot of schools have dropped their music programs, have eliminated music yep. theory. I think during COVID, a lot of parents have been shocked to find out actually what their kids are learning in school. So, Eric, what, what do you think parents can do? What can we do to kind of go back to the beginning and overcome some of these problems that have been caused by that? I, I think that's a great question. So a lot of us feel helpless. A lot of us, oh, well, you, know, you sort of throw up your hands. Isn't society terrible? Don't throw up your hands. You know, so you, you, I think you pick your fight. So when you look at schools and you think, yeah, but you know, there's, there's, such, you know, there's such a waste of time in schools or they're, they're not learning what I wish they were learning, I think, okay, then you know what? Be active in that child's life and think, how can I supplement? I mean, there are people that should go to the schools and try to make them accountable. Like, why are we learning this and not that? Why has my son gone to, you know, all the way through 12th grade and never learned the great books or never learned debate or never learned, you know, the finer points of music or never learned the difference between a violin and a trumpet? How has that happened? And I think it's, it's okay to try to hold schools and, and different institutions accountable like that. But I also think it's important to look at that child and think, 
the greatest thing I can give that child is to inspire that child with the gifts that are going to enliven them. And what is that going to be? You know, so first of all, it's your love, you know, but they don't need to see you fighting people and complaining about this and that. They need to see you say, you know what, we're going to do 20 minutes of piano a day and we're going to take lessons and we're going to learn that thing the best way we know how. And I'm going to be by your side all the way. That's what they need. They need inspiration. They need you to believe in them. They need opportunity and they need to learn in an environment that's safe and that's good. You know, when you, when you put a child in something like music, you are giving them the gift for life. And, and I think there's no greater gift. So I'm a big fan of music lessons. And, and you know, when I tell them, you know, I used to joke with my kids, well, you're going to eat, sleep and, and play music in my house. If you don't practice your violin or cello, well, you're not going to, I'm not going to feed you, <laughs> you know? So anyway, my thought is <laughs> anything you can do to sort of inspire the children toward goodness, towards beauty. You know what, maybe we should read. You see that they're reading in schools that is not really effective or inspirational. Give them a book. You read the book with them. Read the book together. Read the Lord of the Rings together and, and discuss it and do a book study with them and so on. Supplement. You know, you can fight the school system. They're going to fight back. It's going to get ugly and there should be people engaged in that. But the average everyday person, like me, I'm just an average everyday guy. My thought is, you know, do what you can to inspire them with all the great gifts that we have around us and, and sort of all the, the instruments, if you will, like great books, great art, take them to great museums. So you know what, we're going to study all these paintings and then we're going to go to this museum in this city. It's going to be a four hour drive. We're going to sleep overnight. Make it thrilling. You know, there's so much to put them down. You know, there's all this bullying and all this talk and these poor kids are you know, encountering words and language and attitudes that they should never have to encounter that is stripping of them of their of their childhood. Give it back to them. Give it back to them. And I would say, uh, add to that, we men in particular need to have a stronger role. There are a number of studies showing that when the father of a child helps them do homework, those the, the child ends up becoming an A or B student. Hmm. There's some, they don't know why. They haven't investigated that. They're probably afraid to find out because some people don't like to point out the differences between men and women. Women make one kind of a contribution to a child and men make another. But one of the studies, or not one, but a number of studies show that if men are the ones that do the homework with them, they do better. If men are the ones that take them to church and not say, well, that's your mom, your mom, you let her take you. No, the father has to do that. That will be much bigger impact on the child going to church for the rest of life. You know, so, you know, dads have this really important role and you have to engage just like the moms do. We have another caller, David in Denver. David, what can we do for you this evening? Well, hello, Father. My name is David, like you said. Uh, until COVID, I was a jail minister, and I met many people. Many of them have great talents inside prison, and some of them discover their talents inside the prison. But one day, I, after I had read the gospel and we prayed and everything, I, this one man was crying. And I went over and I asked him, I said, why are you crying? He said, you are the first person that visited me in four years. 
And I doubt if anybody in a long time had ever even asked this man what what his name was. And um, and we I had a, a Spanish speaking person with me, so we had we had good crowds and everything. There is there is great hearts inside incarcerated inside prison, and they just are not often given a chance. Yep. You know. Thank what? you, David. And thank, yeah. first of all, thank you for serving people in the prisons. We appreciate that. Yeah. And thank you for those comments. Those are very insightful. Yeah, great. Absolutely wonderful. You know, Father, I was playing in, in one state and it was a treatment center and it was for sex offenders. And this one man at the end of the show grabbed me by the elbows and he said, I've been in here 56 years and never had a visitor. So, Father, a lot of them are forgotten. Our nursing homes are forgotten. Kids say, oh, what can I do? Look, Stop off in a nursing home. There's so much we can do. You don't need to be a pianist or a violinist. You just need to show up. Show up to a nursing home and just, you know, choose someone and just say, so tell me about your family. You'll be in a discussion for the next two hours. You know, it's the kind of thing where you're going to allow someone to experience their own humanity. David brings up a good point. There's many people, especially the incarcerated, once they're sentenced, their family does away with them. That's why I started giving families CDs. So, for example, if, if, the, if the inmate says, oh, would you send a CD to my wife, to my father, to my mother? I do, because they're often, um, they're, they're often not speaking. They're often completely dissociated with the person who's and an inmate. And they don't visit. They don't visit at all. They've, they've com they're estranged, completely estranged. And when they get a CD, and I, and I tell them, your son who's incarcerated or your daughter who's incarcerated asked me to send this music to you, then they connect. It's a good point of connection. Yeah. And so... Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, you just do, do all you can. So We have a, yep. another clip of you using your orchestral concert uh, for music. So let's take a look at this, a piece called Butterfly. Great. That's the kind of music that, you know, comes to these folks who are in prison, men and women alike, and really moves them. I, I remember one story you told me about a guy that uh, claimed to be a witch. He oh, was yeah. a Wiccan. Yeah. Whew. So that was recent. That was in California. Uh -huh. So he's a guy, Father, since this whole big movement towards transitioning is happening, this is a man that is becoming a woman. Okay. Well, um, 
he's a man that is changing his physical body to yeah. sort of resemble that of a woman. And he, uh, it was interesting because he walked in late, stayed at the back, and after the first piece, came to the front. And he was in the front the whole show and comes up after the show and, you know, gives me this big hug. And he says, I thought you were just going to sit here and preach at me and preach at me. And then he just starts crying. He says, I'm crying, and I don't know why I'm crying, but this music really resonated with me. And he says, I am a Wiccan witch. I would believe the exact opposite of everything you believe. And then he said, but why am I crying? And I just said, you are crying because you're good. That's why you're crying because you're good. You're like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. You're broken and beautiful, just like the rest of us. You know, and so we had, we had a long conversation about, about what music is and what music was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But Father, in our culture, that just goes to, sh to me. It just shows the importance and the impact. A lot of people look at musicians and say, ah, oh, you musicians, you just talk about art because you can't get a real job. And maybe that's true. I don't, no, no. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where music plays an important role on how we see ourselves and how we see culture. And I think it has the ability to bring hope and to inspire. So, Father, I have twofold in my, in my goals. My goal is to play for those who are broken. And I'm, I've, I will always continue that. I've played over a thousand prison shows now, and I will continue that. That's your first thousand. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. I'm on, on the road to the second. And, um, and the second goal is to really show the world the impact of beauty so that, so that we are very careful with what we give our children. There is no child in this country that shouldn't be bathed in a beautiful violin daily. It doesn't matter if they go to a rich school or to a poor school. The thing that I find a little stunning is that when I go to all schools, all classes, all races, they're all sort of taken in the same modern media. You know, they're sort of taken in the video games that have excessive violence and you know excessive yes. immodesty they're taking in music that maybe sings of women in ways that are disrespectful and perhaps hurtful and they're all taking it in now there may be a difference in sophistication in the way these people present themselves but the difference in culture now has spanned and so i look at this and i think this is a problem when a child knows all the lyrics to all these words when a child gets regular lyrics of degradation of women over and over that's not funny well, that's formation that that's it's degradation of women horrible language yeah. violence yeah. All, you know that, that comes in too much music yeah. and yeah. it's this is something we need we're really running out of time which oh. we could go on for another hour but I just want to let people know again, you can find out more about ericgenuis.com, and genuis is G-E-N-U-I-S, ericgenuis.com slash Concerts for Hope, or facebook.com slash music. Find out more about the actual music. And you should know that, uh, as we said at the beginning, Eric doesn't get paid by the state or by the prisons a penny, but... What he does is concerts, and that's how he finances this. So uh, any kind of support and any kind of prayer you can do is very much welcome. I, thank, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid we're really flat out. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to thank you. Thank you, Father. And it's great to have you here and want to bless you. 
May Almighty God bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we also don't make money off of advertising or any of those other things. The network is brought to you by you. And we ask you, the way Mother Angelica did, to please keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill. Because actually, that's the only way we can pay all of our bills, too. So thank you for, so we can bring Eric and all the other guests, and God bless you all. Thank you, Claudia.